welcome to episode 39 of Sack King's Therapy. This is a very special edition. The first ever draft post-show of Sack King's Therapy. And with me, the returning... He's been gone for a while. And by a while, I mean two days, I think, literally. <laughs> uh, Fong, he's back. Oh, yes, I'm back. Listen to yes. your last pod. Yeah, um, I, I got a little nervous, so I'm, I'm not going to lie. So I was talking really uh, fast, and uh, that, I mean, it sounded very weird. I mean, there wasn't, I don't think there was mu- that much news, plus, you know, it was a good episode, I'd say. Yeah, we'll talk about that, and yeah, I think I literally recorded that just as the <laughs> Drew Holiday news dropped, and I was not on Twitter, so I didn't know about it until a little bit later. Oh, I see, but we'll we'll be talking about that. <laughs> we'll get to it. Okay, well, we'll we're going to start with the Kings news. Uh, draft is actually not over yet, but nothing is really happening. Uh, we have the 52nd pick, uh, but... From what I'm reading, it looks like we're going to trade that pick to Houston. And the pick is uh, Kenyon Martin Jr. Yes, he is the son of Ken- Kenyon Martin. Um, yeah, I don't, I, since we don't know if he's going to be on the team, we don't know if any of these guys are going to be on the team. But so I'm just not going to really do that much research on him if he's not even going to be on the team, most likely. So we'll, we'll start with our first pick of the night. Tyrese Halliburton at 12. Uh, what were your thoughts on this? I, oh, to be honest, very unexpected. Really unexpected. Uh, I didn't expect that we would draft a guard. I actually didn't really look into guards that much this draft. I thought we were going to draft like, a small forward in like, <laughs> like, let's see, maybe P. Will. Or even like a coral, or even yeah. That even... that was kind of the guy I really wanted was Okoro to trade up for Okoro, but that was never really going to happen. So I, I was expecting Patrick Williams, but as you mentioned his name, he was drafted number four. Yeah, that. Like what? I was like, I would have traded back if I was the Bulls for him. I don't know. That's just me. Yeah. Uh, a little high, but I mean, you know, maybe they, the Bulls see something in him that we don't. But yeah. same with a coral, he's drafted number five right after, and you know that already ticks off two of the small forwards that we. I mean, I personally uh, would would have taken if we were looking for a forward, but you know. Yeah. Yeah, like it just, uh, I just thought like those two guys, like they are wings. Like there's no doubt, you know, they mm-hmm. could play basically two through four, no problem. Well, maybe I think Okor would struggle at four, but like the, those kinds of wing defenders, like was primarily what I was looking at. And I was expecting, you know, just hoping to trade up for Okoro. And if not Okoro, maybe killing Hayes. But hey, I, I was not expecting this, but we did end up getting Tyrese Halliburton. And one pick right after uh, the guy I really didn't think we were going to get if we didn't trade up was uh, Devin Vassell. Mm-hmm. But we ended up getting Tyrese Halliburton, and I really should h- punch myself <laughs> for not looking him up before this. Uh, yeah, so I literally looked at him j- like just before we started recording, like right after he got picked. 
So let's kind of get into them. Uh, so a very long wingspan, although it's kind of been disputed. I've heard anywhere from six nine wingspan to seven foot wingspan. Mm-hmm. Uh, just looking at the tape, yeah, he's long. He's a really long defender. Uh, he's a so his main attribute uh, is a very good pa- uh, passer with great feel and great patience in the pick and roll as well, and also. Passes very well in transition. Uh, really likes to push the pace. It's like if he grabs the rebound, look for him to immediately make that outlet pass. Um, next thing I have on him, uh, he has a very weird shooting form, uh, but did shoot forty-two percent from three. Um, so I immediately look to his free throw percentage because that is usually the indicator of whether he's a consistent shooter or not. And it's also very weird. He shot sixty-nine percent from uh, the free throw line the first year. Nice. Uh, and then shot 82% from the free throw line the next year. So I don't know what to make of this. I, I'm i going to assume the 82% is his natural uh, percentage. Maybe he just like kind of averages it out at 75% or something like that. What do you think? I mean, of course we didn't watch him in college and we for sure didn't watch what him you mean we didn't year. watch him in college i watched <laughs> all his games i yeah, totally knew who I, he was i totally watch iowa state yeah, yeah like i have connections to iowa i uh i yeah I'm, i was gonna make a joke no I never mean, mind never mind the, the only person i or athlete i know from iowa is um uh george kittle and he is not a basketball player <laughs> I don't, I don't know who that is either. And, so, and not from Iowa State. He is actually from University of Iowa. So, oh, that's whoops. that's well, that's not this podcast. I'm, so, <laughs> I'm very sorry for offending those people in Iowa. Um, you know, the two of you that maybe listen to this, like, so sorry about that, guys. I mean, yeah, Iowa produces lots of good athletes, but. Yeah, we'll have to see about his shooting form because the moment I saw his form, I was like, ooh. I mean, if it goes in... uh... Yeah, you know, his form isn't, like, broken. It's not one of those kinds of forms. It's very fixable. So I I think he can... He actually reminds me a lot of Jaron Jackson Jr. And he's Mm -hmm. fine. (laughs) He's fine. Yeah. So hopefully he goes down that path and not, you know, like, say... Alonzo Ball ish, like kind of form, even though Alonzo has improved over the years. But mm-hmm. uh, l- let's move on. Uh, very fluid athlete. As I said, very long arms. And like on the his finishes, you can really see him like stretch <laughs> and use like really long steps and using his very long arms to just basically finger roll it in around people. It's really cool the way he does it. Uh, he has really good touch also at uh, around the rim, although he does not get to the rim a lot. It's not it's not a strong suit. Um, he does shoot the floater a lot. Is pretty good about about pretty good. I think I think I read forty five percent on floaters. Uh, very creative with a lot of his finishes from the tape that I saw, the videos that I looked through, and really good at using his body as well as again his very long arms <laughs> to protect the ball. So uh, just you know, all the signs of a very high IQ basketball player, um, which is, you know, what we're looking for. We need those kinds of guys. And, you know, 
like it's he seems to be he he's going to be able to play off ball and i'm going to be really looking forward to that and you know he is a guy that i could think can fit next to fox really well and he's very talented as well i think there's a lot of upside with him as well uh any thoughts yeah well uh i would yeah i want to see him uh start next season uh alongside with fox um I also want to see what we'll be uh, getting from Buddy because, you know, he's still in the roster. But him next to Fox, I got to say, I, I'm getting more excited to think about it. Yeah. Um, so I'm still, like I'm checking the timeline, and so far there is no, <laughs> there's no Buddy news. I actually <laughs> expect him to stay, honestly. Like, I, his <laughs> contract is just so hefty, and I think it's going to be really hard to trade him without giving up something, and you know, which probably means a draft pick or maybe one of these guys. And I'm I'm not sure about that, so we'll we'll see about that. But you know, I imagine he's gonna uh, he would fit great next to Fox. But I think I think if Buddy stays, Buddy's starting. You know, he threw up quite the fit about, you know, coming off the bench, even though he's great at coming off the bench, you know, except your row buddy. You know, but I think, you know, with how the politics tends to work, um, I think he'll start. But, you know, like you can bring Tyrese like slowly and he can run the second unit, like, you know, play up tempo and, you know, uh, really just kind of bring a lot of sc- I, I don't think he's going to score that well but you know like he can push the pace and you know get easy shots with Marvin I see a lot of connections with him and Marvin mm-hmm. see he, oh, again yeah. he has great feel great passing and I think he can really set up Marvin a lot for lobs and you know just easy buckets yeah another person that I, I'm kind of excited to see next to Tyrese oh oh can't wait it's only been or only a month now until uh, the start, basically, like it's gonna it's gonna happen soon, and hopefully everyone stays healthy and everything works out. Okay, you know, fingers crossed. But now we got to go into kind of the negative section about his game. So he is a very skin. As I said, he's a very skinny dude, or not skinny dude. He's very long, and one of the reasons why he looks as long as he does, he's very very skinny, and like you can see it in the tape. He gets ragdolled by a lot of these. Not even that strong looking like bigger guys. Like he, I there are multiple clips of him trying to box out someone and the guy just gets right around him like like it's nothing. He's gonna need to get up you know bigger, stronger, heavier. And we'll see if he, he I imagine he can do that. You know, with an NBA training program, like, you know, if he just gets gets into the weight room and get on like a good NBA diet, I think that's I think he'll be perfectly fine. Gets he'll within about a year or two he'll be filled out and just you know be a great defender. But until then, you're good. We're gonna see him get bullied a lot, and I mean a lot. He is really skinny. Yeah, I think he's what six five, one hundred eighty pounds. Yeah, you're gonna yeah. need to put on at least twenty pounds of muscle. I to be honest, looking at him, I I thought he was skinnier than Fox for a second. Yeah, he he needs to get fi- filled out. By the way, did you see that uh, video of Fox deadlifting five hundred? Oh yeah! Oh my gosh! Like he made it look easy. That's crazy. 
So yeah, yeah. Get, get you know get you know just you know, hang out with uh hang out with De'Aaron. You know he'll tell he'll teach you how to work out. Oh yeah, pick up some restaurants around NSAC. And he'll be good. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll talk about this later. We'll, we'll get into this later. Um, <laughs> <Okay. laughs> so 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 another thing because he's just so physically weak currently. Uh, he does shy away from contact, which uh, once he gains a little bit more muscle, I think that should kind of solve it, solve itself out. Again, he's already really good at knowing how to protect the ball. If he adds a little bit more strength and a little bit more like just weight, like his finishing, I think he's going to be a really good finisher uh, you know, at some day. But there are questions about whether he's explosive enough or quick enough. We shall see once again, once he gets into that training program and gets gets a little bit more muscle. We'll see if he gets more explosive and you know even more shifty than he really already is. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, he also needs to be a little bit more assertive on offense. He again, he's an amazing passer, but there are times where he doesn't look to score and can, you know, defer to his teammates a little bit too much. Now, I don't think that's a problem in the NBA. Like I, that more or less shows me that he's not going to I guess hog the ball. He's willing to, you know, move the ball around. I think that's fine in the NBA, especially if you have Fox as the main initiator. I think I don't think this is much much of a weakness, honestly. Yeah, I don't think so either. Hmm. Yeah, and you know, just to close it out on a positive note, he says Sacramento is the perfect spot for him. He's definitely he's probably thinking like he where he does he can you know exist as the secondary ball handler and just playing off ball off of Fox, you know? You know hell, I, hell, even if Buddy still stays, Buddy Buddy might be the primary initiator, which gives me a bit of nightmares, but you know, maybe he's got a little better at ball handling. Maybe. Uh-huh. Well we'll have to see. <laughs> well, to, to you know, the to dive a, even a little bit more, I did actually go through uh Sam Vicini's full mock draft. Uh I think it's a five hundred I forgot how many pages. It's a crazy amount of pages. But I, I only read through Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, just going through some of his past. Uh, just, you know, he's a he's been said to be a great teammate a, with great character. Uh, he I think his dad was a referee for, I think, a league. I, I don't remember off the top of my head, but he's been around sports like all his life. And he's been basically been very well taught by his parents. And, you know, Sam Vecini says he has a case for having the highest basketball IQ in the class, as I said earlier. You know, he can make just about every single pick and roll pass in the book. And he has great patience in the pick and roll and great at making the right decision. You know, and, you know, he has he has this really good array of skip passes, Lamelo style skip passes, which really like, wow, (laughs) You know, without how, like, basically without the Lamelo baggage, like that's amazing. <laughs> uh, again, as I as I said, as according to Vicini, probably can operate next to a next to a ball dominant uh, initiator, which is going to be Fox. Uh, he's not going to be ready to be a lead, lead ball handler. Um, he's going to need to. He's not shifty or explosive enough or quick enough just yet. We'll see again once he fills out. Uh, for his pull-up game, remember how he said he has a very weird shooting form? Yeah, it's yeah. it translates to shooting 28% on pull-up shots. Ooh. 
it's it's not going to be a part of his game and early on in his career he'll need to kind of figure out like just how to you know just tighten up that release make it a little quicker make it a little smoother and we shall see like what his ceiling is once all that comes along mm-hmm. um Again, his best role is a secondary ball handler who can push the pace and transition. You know, sounds a lot like Lonzo on offense. And you know, I've I've kind of I've just like it's kind of one of my weird things I want to happen. At the same time, I kind of don't. But you know, I'm leaning more and more towards wanting it to happen. I do want Lonzo on the Kings, and the reason why is because he's a great defender. And on offense, he can be the secondary ball handler, but also push the pace and transition to, you know, breakneck speeds. And it looks like we got that in Tyrese Halliburton. Now, of course, he's not as good as Lonzo is on defense. Not yet, anyway. And we shall see again once he gets a little stronger. Yep. Just needs to put on that weight. And we haven't talked that... Oh, go ahead. Oh, no. I was just going to say maybe around the 220. (laughs) Yeah, I don't. I don't think he's gonna get to two twenty. That's a lot of muscle. I think he's gonna max out at like two hundred or something, two hundred five maybe. Yeah, possibly to keep his uh, physique. Yeah, you don't want to get like too thick, you know. And then maybe his body type can only handle two hundred pounds. But I think as long as he doesn't get straight bullied by you know guys like Paul George and maybe like a well, no, actually I don't think a guard Kawhi Leonard, but maybe like as long as you don't get pushed around by Paul George, I think you should be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So uh, on the defensive end, he's a very good team defender. You know, great, great hands. Gr- like you know, very active, stretches out a lot. But so far, not a good on-ball defender. His defensive footwork's a little like, uh, let's just say, not good yet. <laughs> um, he needs to work on, you know, not getting beat off the dribble as much, especially against quicker college guards. And in the NBA, like you're going to get torched a lot by point guards, and you're going to need to work on that footwork. He does bump a bite on pump fakes a lot. And he, yeah, that's just going to be experience. We just have to hope he, you know, learns and just gets better at that. And ultimately, uh, Vassini closes out by saying he's a guy you want on your team if you're looking to win because he plays the right way. Doesn't hog the ball, you know, just does what his team needs him to do. Doesn't need the spotlight. That's that's something I would really like. Uh, Something that I wish Buddy had. Yeah, I think Buddy can help in spots, but yeah, he's going to need to work on his attitude a little bit more. But yes, I I think there's just, he's such a good kid, and I'm looking forward to having him on the team. Yep. Well, Sacramento, all around, I think for a guard puts all the checks in my list you know he's big enough he's big and long enough to be a wing so like mm-hmm. i think i think just you know saying saying that he's a guard isn't really a knock on him you know he's long i think he's long enough to guard some threes mm-hmm. until you get to like the Kawhi leonard and you know the lebron james tears <laughs> yeah i think i think he'll be fine for the most part i'm gonna assume that he played point guard because that's what the draft said <laughs> But yeah, yes. for his, but for his size, yeah, it's true that uh, he could play a bigger role alongside Fox, also on the floor. Again, I generally don't care about positions anymore. I just mainly look at height. Like saying that Lamelo is a point guard never really rang true to me. I just call him the lead ball handler. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
And he's going to be a secondary ball handler for the most part, which again is his, is his best role currently because he's not good enough to be he's not good enough to be a uh, primary one. And you know, Fox should be able to alleviate, alleviate a lot of that for him. Oh yeah. As for our second rounders, so we did trade our we had the thirty fifth pick the the Ford the thirty fifth, and what was what was Ramsey? I just totally blanked out of what he was. Uh, 43rd. Okay, yeah, 43rd. Yeah, Ramsey for uh, 43rd. Uh, and we technically had the 52, but I think we traded away for cash. I'm still not seeing any updates on that. So I'm just going to operate as we traded for cash. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, at, so we traded our 35th pick for the 40th pick to Memphis for a, for the, again, the 40th pick from, uh, Memphis and another future second. You know, we'll, we'll see what that future second is at some point. Uh, and we picked R- Robert Woodard. And so I'm looking at his uh, just at his stats right now. He's six seven, and just from the looks of his stat sheet, so he shot forty percent from three. That's amazing. Uh, although on, on very low attempts, he only had two point five attempts. And or 2.3, yeah, 2.3 attempts, and he shot 40 43 percent, which is really good. But I that's not enough attempts for my liking, mm. yeah. Um, and his free throw percentage is trash Six, 64 percent last year, and uh, 58 percent his first year, it, which probably means he's not really a shooter, but like maybe there's going to be that threat possibly if he shoots a little bit more but like yeah i'm not looking for him to be a shooter what i am looking for him to be though is a defender now he has a two point let's see what was it he has a two point uh, yeah two percent steal rate and uh 3.4 block rate now usually if if both of those stats are or above two it usually means they're going to be a good defender at the NBA level. And he seems to be that if that holds true, he's going to be a really good defender. And that's what I assume the Kings picked him for. Oh yeah. Definitely need the defense. Uh, yeah. All around. Um, yeah. Hopefully his offense kind of picks up. Um, I mean, he could be a really good cow kind of at three and D type player that could guard the one to four, maybe five. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, compared to the pick that we chose earlier, Xavier Tillman, I know that you were pretty high on him earlier too. I wasn't so much high on him as I just heard good things about him. I never really looked at him that closely. I see. So I'm just, I'm not confident saying like he was good, but mm-hmm. oh boy, yeah, he's, ooh, he's, he's thick. <laughs> I, I see why. Yeah, Xavier Tillman is 6'8", 240. <laughs> like, um, yeah, let's see. Yeah, a little bit of live research. Let's see. Um, I cannot find a steal rate. God damn it. Oh my god, there's so many stats. Oh, Jesus Christ, wow. Why didn't we keep them then? <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's see. Steal rate. Oh, wow, you got a lot of blocks. Why didn't... Um, I, I don't know why we didn't keep them. Oh, that's why you didn't shoot any threes. <laughs> that's why. Um, so, yeah, Robert Woodard. 
six seven two thirty. So I think he can actually guard three or fives. I think mm-hmm. if he bulks up a little bit even more, and you know he's still relatively young, and you know getting into the NBA training program, he's gonna bulk up a little bit. And I think he can start guarding fives. Although at that point, I don't know if he can guard ones. But yeah. yeah, so he's gonna be a defensive guy for us, and I'm excited. Like that's a really good pick, and yeah, uh, we shall see what what if he gets playing time or if he's just gonna get sent to Stockton. Uh, he, yeah, we'll have to see. I, I... I think he's gonna spend most of the season at Stockton. I think it's just looking at some of his stats, it looks like he still needs a lot of development. Hmm. I see. Uh, you know, he could work on his game in Stockton, and uh, maybe hopefully we'll have a get some playing time. But yeah, hopefully we could utilize him. Maybe we'll have to see because I don't know what our um, roster would be like after you know all these trades and whatnot that's going to be going around in the next uh, month. Yeah, we shall see. I think, uh, yeah, this is not going to be the end, and yeah, of what's been a crazy week. I think it's gonna. I think I don't think most of the players are going to be end up being on this roster after all this. You know, I think Fox and Bagley stay, but everyone else, I think, is like questionable. Yeah, it's which is sad because um, we don't know about. Justin James and Cal Guy also from the previous draft year. You're right, and we will get into that. We'll, you know, we'll we'll talk about Justin James in a bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll we'll get to let, let's go to our forty our uh, second uh, second second round pick. That sounds weird. Uh, uh, pick number forty three. We pick. I can. I don't know how to pronounce this. Jamias Ramsey. He's yes. a guard from Arlington or from. School is he from? Texas Tech. Texas Tech. Yeah. So uh, he's a point guard, and he, yeah, he's a yeah. He spent one year at Texas Tech. Put up pretty good numbers, actually. Fifteen points. Uh, let's see, fifteen points, uh, four rebounds, and two assists. So primarily a scoring guard, it looks like. Now he now one of the things I think why Monty McNair likes him is that he shot forty two percent from three on five attempts per game. That's a lot. Of, wow. That's a lot of attempts, and mm-hmm. that's a good percentage. However, you know the marker for what I look for when when determining whether or not they're going to be good at shooting threes at the NBA level. Sixty four percent from the free throw line. Now he only has one year, so that itself can be a bit fluky. He did. He doesn't seem like he got to the. Doesn't seem like he got to the free throw line all that much. He got to the free throw line. T- uh, three times per game, basically, and that's not a lot of attempts. So maybe that might be why his free throw percentage is a bit low. But you know, a, a scoring guard off the bench, I think he can be. He can find his, you know, find his groove. And his defensive numbers seem pretty good too. Uh, so let's see. I looked it up earlier. Two point one percent steal per steal percentage and um two point six block percentage. So. That's that's not bad. I think I think he can be a good you know disruptor, like kind of that bulldog uh, on our team, where like they he presses the the lead ball handler, you know, ninety feet, just wears out the other guy's uh, lead lead mm-hmm. guard. 
a good swap in to rest some players too. And you know, I'm it's gonna be sad to say this in my opinion, but I think this is kind of like that Yogi replacement in my opinion. Uh, just he, he looking at his like stats and uh, kind of like what is it? I guess you could say analysis about him. Uh, he kind of fits what Yogi would have been, but just he's just bigger and you know taller. Yeah, and you know I've actually felt bad for Yogi last year because he just never really got to play, especially whenever Fox was in the lineup. Mm-hmm. You know, and I I think you know he just he really should go somewhere that where he can get minutes and he can help teams like. So, you know, I, I hate to see him go, and we'll never hear the Yogi Ferrell tra- chant in uh, Golden 1, unless they want to do it. That'd be pretty awesome uh, if he was yeah. on the other team. <laughs> That'd be weird, but pretty awesome. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm very sad to, if he ends up leaving, which he probably will, and he probably should. He just just find playing time somewhere else. Mm-hmm. But, you know, but, you know, like, I, I think he's a good replacement for uh yogi and you know again taller uh and probably gonna end up having the same kind of effect that yogi had on the team kind of, you know hopefully he's one of those guys that kind of pushes the pace and let's see if i can find his pace on here very good offensive rating very good defensive rating too so like yeah i think he i would assume he's one of those very very fast players and i cannot find his pace on here Yeah. So okay. So I, I can't I can't locate it like just out of this. So we'll just assume he plays fast. And yeah, <laughs> I, I assume he's yeah. Basically, I expect him to basically replace Yogi and probably gonna spend a lot of time in Stockton as well. Uh, I mean, I don't mind. I mean, yeah. It's, <laughs> I do wish to see these players play in the actual league, and you know showcase their potential and you know i i didn't in my opinion i think the kings are that team that can uh you know showcase these young bloods in uh the league yeah and hopefully uh again th- th- this was a like all the credit in the world to monty mcnair for being for like these so far from what i'm looking like just from the research I've done and looking at some of the tweets, he's getting he's getting a lot of love from you know King's Twitter, which just about never happens. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, like just looking at some of their stats and like looking at prob- the possible reasoning of why he picked these guys, I I like it. Oh yeah, you know he, he made really good choices. Yeah, so I this is this is a new era. It seems like. You know, Finally. <laughs> so, yeah, all the credit in the world to Monty McNair, and I doubt this is the end. We're going to probably see some sort of trade, and, you know, let's get into it right now. So, uh, at the beginning of the week, on Monday, it was it was reported that Bogey was going to go to the Bucks on a sign-in trade to the Milwaukee Bucks. I think I just repeated myself. He was going to go for... Basically, there was going to be a sign and trade for Dante DiVincenzo, DJ Wilson, and Ersan Eliasova. Now, at the time, I thought that was a pretty good—that was a pretty good return. Now, a lot of people were kind of pissed that we didn't get a pick back from them, but you got to understand, 
Uh, Milwaukee basically gave all their picks away to get Drew Holiday, so there was really nothing left for us. So I didn't mind it. And Bogey is not Drew Holiday, so I I understood. But it looks like that deal is off the table now because it was just reported today out of nowhere that apparently Bogey never actually agreed to go to Milwaukee. And so the deal is basically off now from what I'm reading. Now, this could be just a ploy by all the parties involved to avoid tampering fines because technically the free agency market does not open until Friday. I think that's 6 p.m. So technically, you're not supposed to actually like be discussing deals. So the fact that they agreed to a sign and trade so early may have like signaled some red flags to the NBA front office or you know the main office to Adam Silver. And I think you know tampering fines may have been coming, and the parties involved kind of anticipated that, and I guess called off the deal. That's the theory that I'm kind of choosing to believe right now, or it just might be Occam's razor, and Bogey just doesn't want to go to the Bucks. Uh, you know, I didn't hear any news about that. I just heard a lot of rumors. A couple of them being like, oh, Bogey's really good friends with Giannis, and that Bogey held it off just because maybe on Friday he'll get a bigger contract somewhere else, you know, as a restricted free agent. But, you know, if we were going to go down on this trade with the Bucks, um, I thought, you know, this is a pretty good deal, I'd say. Yeah, like, well, we'll, we'll have to see what happens with Buddy, because, like, I think if we keep, like, Dante joining the team would actually create some sort of, a bit of a logjam if Buddy is still there, I think. I see. Um, we'll see. But, like, I I like the I like the trade idea for Dante DiVincenzo, another defensive-minded guy, um, you know, with, you know, a developing three-point shoot sh- shot, let's just say. Uh, DJ Wilson, Sacramento native, like <laughs> has shown signs actually of being good, but just never really got the playing time in you know a championship team, which is understandable. Orsani Liasova, uh, you know, a, a stretch four, like you can never really go wrong with that. But if the deal's gonna be off, like I don't, I don't know what to think. <laughs> like, oh, by the way, uh, Justin James was uh, was supposed to be in that deal to go to the Bucks, but again, oh, the deal's right. off, so I, I don't yeah. know what to make of that. Now, no, sure, if he wants more money, you know, sure, I hope you like playing for Charlotte or playing for the Hawks, like. You know, sure, you get all the money you want. Um, I honestly, I would go to the Bucks if I were Bogey, but it might be like because no team has money, and the teams with money, I'm not sure you want to go to them. You know, that's that's mm-hmm. just that's just the way I'm thinking about it. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see on Friday what happens. I th- part of me thinks the deal will still just go- happen. I think this is a I I'm ch- right now choosing to believe that. It is a play to avoid tampering fines. I see. Well, yeah, I believe that. I I, I hope this deal goes through. Uh, and I believe that, you know, Bogey would want to be in a winning team right away. Yeah. See How old is Bogey, actually? 28. 28? Oh, he's he's still young. Yeah, he's he's in his prime, basically. Like, yeah. Sure, like, yeah, he's old for, like, a guy who's going to his first 
like his second contract, but you know he's in his prime. Like it's yeah. not an issue. I, I will say, like I do feel that the NBA, the NBA at large, even like really like writers that I respect seem to overrate him a little bit. Like they they talk about him being able to create a shot, not really. Like, uh, sure, he's he's okay in the pick and roll, but he's not a guy that like can blow by guys easily. And you know, I, I do think he is a little overrated in a lot of NBA, uh, the the national people's eyes. And you know, like his if he again if he joins the Bucks, I think he'll do great just because there's so much less pressure on him, and there's you know there. Are, kind of system is much more better set up for him to succeed that I think he'll excel in that role. But let's not pretend he's, you know, he's Luka Doncic, basically. It's kind of what, the vibe I generally get from a lot of national people. Well, we'll see by Friday. Okay, well, that's basically most of the Kings news. There's still kind of some sprinkled in there every now and then, but let's get to the ones at large. Let's go to the NBA at large. So, uh, before this deal, before Monday, CP3, uh, Chris Paul, was traded to the Suns for Kelly Oubre, Ricky Rubio, and a guy that's whose nickname is Baby Westbrook. I uh, don't have his name up, goddammit. But, yes, yeah, so what, what do you think of this deal? Uh, without go, getting into the details too much. Uh, I really think that the OKC got a pretty good deal. And along with the Suns, I, I think the Suns now are really good uh, contenders in the West, even even though how wait for title or for playoffs? <laughs> Please. I'm I'm gonna say mid seed. That's yeah. my opinion. Yeah, that that's kind of where I stand too. Yeah, like I think they have the pieces, but. There's still something. I don't know what's missing, though. They have the pieces for sure. It's just, there's, yeah, something's missing for sure. But for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. OKC got a pretty good deal off of CP3. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, let me put it this way Do you think there's, they're this year's Miami Heat? The Suns? Yes. Uh, uh, no, I'd say no, not as of right now. I feel like you can make a case for it just because I think CP3 will make Devin Booker and DeAndre Aiden a lot better. Uh-huh. And, you know, I cannot remember which bridge, which bridges is on which team. Uh, I think it's Mikel Bridges on the Suns. Mikel Bridges is a legit 3 and D guy. He was really good last year. I think adding Chris Paul to all of that is really, is really going to elevate them to a next level. Now, does that elevate them to the upper tier of the Western Conference uh, playoff bracket? I don't know. I don't think they can beat the Lakers. I'm, you know, we'll see if they can beat the the Warriors if Warriors don't have Clay. But I think I don't know. I don't think they beat Clay or the Warriors with Clay, basically. Um, no. Yeah. And I, I, but I do think they're dangerous because we have yet to see Devin Booker, you know, 
Like, I want to see what Devin Booker looks like in the playoffs, and I think he's going to be a really good in the playoffs. Well, yeah, I'd say so too. Um, but yeah, I gotta say, Suns will be pretty deadly in the West, but yeah, it, they can't beat the top three or four teams, depending where they're placed. Yeah, it really does hinge on uh, on Devin Booker and I think DeAndre Ayton. Yeah, and yeah, we'll see where that takes them. I I will say they're dangerous, and it's you know as I know Kings fans, it's kind of hard to see, just just hard to kind of swallow that everyone in the Pacific Division is getting so much better, and we're still where we are. But you know, let's play the long game. Like we're we're gonna play the long game here, and. You know, CP3's contract expires in a year, in a year so we'll see. Mm-hmm. This is a short-term thing, but it it will definitely be overall beneficial to the Suns to add CP3. And you know, you guys get back to the playoffs, and you know, Booker and Aiden get valuable experience. I think that can only help them going forward. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, the next big block. This was the blockbuster of Monday. Drew Holiday to the Bucks. For Bledsoe and George Hill, or three first-round picks from the Bucks and two pick swaps. Oh, <laughs> now, I, I, I did. I did have a joke today that I was gonna say, like Houston's gonna have to rack up th- probably the same amount of picks to get off of Westbrook <laughs> to trade. <laughs> They're gonna need to trade Westbrook and three picks to get off of him. But, yeah, that's a, I was going to make a joke about that, but carry on. But no, that, man, the Bucks already looking more and more deadly. Uh, I got to say, Drew, a major upgrade from Bledsoe. Uh, George Hill, kind of too bad because I thought he was a good backup point guard for them. Uh, I don't know what their ba- or who their backup point guard is now, uh, but, you know, yeah, three first rounds and two pixel ops. That's that's a huge white package that uh was it Pelicans getting? Yes, Pelicans. Wow. I, I will say about the picks, like for so two two things. You give up everything to if you want to, if you want to keep Giannis. Like mm-hmm. three firsts is nothing to keep. I don't think that's much of that's a that's a high price, sure. But if you're keeping basically the best Bucks players since Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, or Luau Cinder, if you want to get all technical, like you, <laughs> you do this. This is not a, this is not too big of a price to pay. Mm-hmm. And secondly, if if Giannis resigns, you're gonna be really good <laughs> for at least the next few years, and to the point where by the time those picks, you know, are used by the Pelicans, they're gonna be in the twenties. There's not that's not really that big of a use if if you get if you get what I mean. Yeah, I see. Now if Giannis leaves, ooh, now that's and I'm t- I'm talking about if he signs the supermax and just demands a trade. I think he will sign the supermax now, almost guaranteed. Mm-hmm. But like if Giannis leaves, wow, those are amazing picks. But even then, you still have you know Chris Middleton. I think that I think they'll still make the playoffs, which means those picks would be pretty trash. So. Yeah. My, yeah, so my take is is that this team is going to be good. And the, oh, yeah. and if you're you're making this you're making this trade to keep the, arguably the the top, second 
third or fourth best player in the league on your team. Those don't grow on trees, and you do this to keep him. Mm-hmm. Man, I can't I can't imagine that lineup. That lineup's going to be deadly. Now, now, the the bogey news does kind of throw a wrench into things, because that was supposed to be the cherry on top. Now, we'll mm-hmm. see what happens by the time Friday hits, or, you know, if it gets goes into the weekend, but like, the B- B- Bogey was kind of supposed to be the replacement for George Hill, I assume. And now they don't have him, so that's going to be a bit more tricky. Yeah, like we said, we'll, we'll have to see uh, Friday because if it does happen, like I said, that, that lineup's going to be pretty deadly, I'd say. Yeah, and yeah, I, I'm, I'm not ready to peg them to win the championship, but, you know, Western Conference Finals, here we come. I oh, think... Yeah. I, I mean, I swear to God, they get beat in the second round. Oh, boy. Who? The Bucks? I, I don't think they will, just because, you know, you have more shooting. Th- you have a, a bigger shooting threat than, you know, Bledsoe now. And, you know, and I just I just hope that they can figure something out, because it's going to be really sad to see Giannis demand a trade if this doesn't work out. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's in kind of kind of a smaller trade, but still significant. Covington to Portland for Ariza, a 2020 first round pick, which was this year's uh, first round pick, and a 2021 protected first. I did not, I don't have the specifics of what the protection is. Uh, what do you what do you think of this deal? Mm. Uh, I don't know. Let's see. I think it's a good deal for Portland, but but the picks do kind of add on a little too much. I think. I agree, just because that's a lot. That's quite a lot to give up for Robert Covington, even though yeah. Robert Covington is perfect for them. Uh huh. But that's a lot. Yeah. You're giving up this year's pick and well, granted, next year will be protective, so we'll see what comes of that. But like. That's a lot to give up for what is a you know a very good a great role player, but you know that's a lot, <laughs> as I said. Yeah, yeah. If it was, I don't know what other picks they have, but yeah, those two uh, first round picks, man, that that adds a lot of value. That could have been uh, maybe a step or two up from Covington, in my opinion. Yeah. Um just, yeah, I well like from the from the Rockets perspective, uh the well it's pretty clear why he did this or why <laughs> the Rockets did this. They wanted to get rid of his money or Robert Covington's money for yeah. Ariza's non guarantee. But they traded him to Detroit and attached a pick to the to that. Well then. Yeah, so I, I don't know what the hell they're doing. Um, I assume that's also to shed more salary. So, cool. <laughs> Reza did not want to be in uh, Houston. Uh, there was a story that came out that he wouldn't go back until he got an apology. I don't know from who, but he he will he wanted an apology, and I assume they were not interested in giving him an apology. So, well, yeah, that that happened. <laughs> um, yeah, any 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 other thoughts on this one? Well, I guess, well, salary dump for Houston. 
they get an extra pick. That's yeah. that's about it. That's all I can say, really. But coming to Portland, Portland's getting deadly again. I wouldn't say deadly. Deadly for the eighth seed, maybe. But although with Nurk back, I think they'll be in the lower half. I think they'll be comfortably in the six and seven seeds. Maybe yeah. even to the fifth seeds. I do not see them cracking the top four. Yeah, I say so too. Uh, and even if they crack the top four, I don't see them getting past the first round. No. But yeah, I mean, for the West, still a good team. Definitely still a playoff contender. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, uh, to some. Well, let, well, actually, we'll, we'll, we'll loop back around to this. Well, oh, Al Horford was uh, traded to OKC for Danny Green. A first, a fir- the first rounder from Philly, and a second rounder. Uh, I think there's some other stuff attached to it, but basically, uh, Philly gets Danny Green and Terrence Ferguson. What do you think of this deal? That's pretty good. <laughs> really good deal for Philly. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, Al Horford's game. What is it? Thirty? I think it's no? like tw- in the high twenties, I believe. I see. So yeah. A large salary dump again. Uh, okay, see for with Horford. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll have to see about that. But Danny Green uh, in Philly now, and uh, wait, who else was in part of it? Terrence Ferguson. Oh wow! Yeah, oh, that, that's that's the one that really surprised me. Well, granted, Te- Terrence Ferguson has a lot of. Uh... He's a good player, but there's a lot of confidence issues with him, and OKC just never was able to kind of crack that. He was never really able to come on, come into his own from what I've seen from the team. Uh, so yeah, it's kind of I mean, like I think you know a nice new scenery might be able to help him. Although I will say, it's like you know, Philly's not exactly the most fostering. Uh, it's not a great team culture, let's just say. Mm-hmm. We'll see if that changes with Doc and Moray, but you know that. But yeah, like an, I think this is a great trade for Philly. You get off of Al Horford somehow without giving up Matisse Thybul, and all you give up is a, you know, not a shitty first rounder, but like that guy's not gonna help you. Like, what are you gonna do with the? <laughs> what are you gonna do with the twenty? Was I don't even know what pick they had, but like the twenty something pick. That, that he's not gonna help you this year. But instead, you get back Terrence Ferguson and Danny Green. Now, Danny Green has been playing like dog shit for the most part for the past few years. Although <laughs> that regular season, he's been fine. It's just that in the in the playoffs, he's very inconsistent. Yeah, and I, I'm just not sure about that. I think he would be a good backup, in my opinion. Uh, other than that, yeah, really good deal. That's all I could say. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Gamore's g- g- fingerprints all over this. Oh, yeah. Really making a difference. Okay, uh, on the last piece of news, unfortunately very somber, uh, Clay Thompson suffered a lower leg injury. Uh, dur- I think it was during a workout that he was doing in uh, Southern California. And they now this is not the ACL leg. He-, he suffered a lower leg injury, but it's not the ACL leg. It is the other leg, which... I guess makes things a little bit better, but he right now the news that just came out is that there's optimism that he might not miss the whole season. You know, 
that's that's pretty grim news, but it's you know, like hopefully he comes back because this is really unfortunate. And hopefully he's not like a rupture or anything with the Achilles. Because when I saw Achilles, I immediately thought rupture. But hopefully he is able to come back, and hopefully like the Warriors can make a run at it. You know. Yeah. Um, let's see. By the end of the season, you said. Yeah, before the season ends, and I assume that's right before the playoffs. I see. Yeah, hopefully he recovers fully. I want had I want to see the Splash Brothers without a Splash Brother. Uh, what are you talking about? Draymond's still there. Oh gee. Maybe again, twenty sixteen Draymond. Yeah. No. No? Okay. <laughs> All right. Cool. Cool. Okay. Um, but you know they uh, Warriors did draft James Wiseman. I think James Wiseman will be good for them. He's, oh yeah. There's a lot of talent. There's a lot of mystery there. We'll see if he. We'll see how good he is. I think he'll adapt real well, to be honest. Yeah, and you know the Warriors still have that trade exception. There's a lot of talk about Kelly Oubre, so we'll see. Ooh, ooh, ooh. We shall it's, see. Yeah, this is only the middle of the week, and it's been absolutely insane. I cannot wait for more. Yeah, big moves. I'm, 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 I'm waiting for any moves the Kings will make, especially Buddy. And bogey. Uh, yeah, like I'm just I'm hearing a lot of buddy talk, but I'm just gonna be honest. I don't see him moving. <laughs> it's, it's too much money. Yeah. Well, hopefully a team like is an idiot and just somehow gives us a lot of good stuff for him. But I didn't. We'll. You know, I I hate to bring this up now that you know there's a vacancy with a shooting guard on the Warriors. You can get my drift. You get my drift. <laughs> you can always use more shooting. And um, actually, I don't. Uh, actually, I don't know. <laughs> Draymond might. Draymond might kill Buddy before the season ends. <laughs> Maybe he could discipline him. Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, Draymond's uh, level of discipline. Uh, let's. Uh, yeah, he might. He might choke. <laughs> he might choke him in game. <laughs> but, uh. You know, uh, I we'll see if anything develops from this. Fri- Friday is free agency. Uh, that will be basically the next milestone. And yeah, let's. Uh, this is on. This is only. I guess this is the midpoint. And I don't think we get, we're gonna we're gonna be approaching the climax soon. We're not even at it yet. Yeah, it's just the hill that keeps on climbing. And I am excited for the peak up top. Oh yeah, especially with uh, more news coming out, especially with the Kings, especially with the Kings. Yes, and yeah, hope you know Monty McNair is in his press conference. He's saying words basically, <laughs> like I'm not seeing much at all. Uh, yeah, he's just kind of saying almost like 2K responses right now, and <laughs> you know he's a very smart guy. That that's how you should play with the media. You know, don't ever try to do too much and just. But yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. And he hasn't—he's not talking about uh, Woodard or uh, Ramsey, and he's not talking about Bogey. But he is talking about like you know a lot about Halliburton. So that's something which tells me either the the two second round picks are going to end up in the in the G League for a while, or there's going to be something that's going to happen with Bogey. 
We shall see. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's gonna that's gonna be you know the end of our first ever uh, post draft uh, Sack Kings therapy pod. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed it. This was a bit nerve wracking, but fun to do. Uh, and yeah, it's it's the dawn of a new era. Yeah. Really good job with the front office this time around. Yeah, and may and just maybe like. Just maybe, like, it might get better. Yeah, this is our turning point. Hopefully. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. All right, well, that's it for us. Uh, We'll we'll probably do another episode on on Friday, just uh, recapping free agency. Or we'll do it on Sunday, because there might be a delay. Yeah, you never know. There's going to be so much news between Friday and Sunday. If there is something big that happens, we will do a pod. Yes, we shall. Okay, well, thank you guys for listening. We'll catch you on the next one. Yeah, see you guys later. 